Parents be like, oh my gosh, your room is so messy. Clean your room. Don't come in it. Come on. There he is. There. Here, put this on your forehead. I don't want that to swell. Oh, you remember what happened? You had said something stupid and then went straight to sleep. Mm-hmm, you sure did. Listen, I know you see what everybody else is doing. Don't let these ha-ha's get your ass whooped, okay? I run things here, okay? You the child, I'm the parent. And I know that everybody else thinks it's okay to talk to their parents some type of way. They don't play these games in my house. You understand? My grandmother would have snatched my soul for saying what? So just enjoy the floor, you and Jesus. Y'all get to know each other real well. Hope he'll give you some common sense so you don't act like this no more, okay? Now, this breaks my heart. I love you, but we got to learn, okay? Keep that trap shut. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. I am not the one. I love you. Happy, happy Monday to everybody. It's Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I'm so thankful for all of y'all that took some time out to kind of connect with us today. We know it's a holiday and you could be anywhere else, but you decided to spend some time with us and we appreciate you for that. Um, so before we get into the discussion, um, we wanna make sure we know who's in the building. So Miss Train, go ahead, introduce yourself, take it away now. Hi guys, my name is Trinity. It's been so long since I've been here, but I'm excited to be here again and excited to have this conversation. And you are going to be our resident, one of our resident seniors coming up next season. So you're still gonna stick with us, yes? Yes, ma'am. All right, that's what I like to hear. Uh, Miss Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself and then we will introduce your special guest right after you. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Melissa and I'm a 14 year old freshman in Southern California. And mama's in the building. Mama's hey in the mom, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Tawana and I am Melissa's mother. And so last week we had dad on with us and this week we get mom. I mean, come on, come through parents. <laughs> I mean, come through parents. I mean, this is one of those type of discussions. And last but not least, Miss Anaya, who's going to be taking the place of our graduating senior, go ahead and introduce yourself. And uh, mama, you can come right on after her. Okay, hi everybody. My name is Anaya and I will be an incoming junior next school year. And I am Anaya's mother, Kathy Wilson, and I'm happy to be here with you all today. Oh, look at you. See, I'm, I just love the smiles. I love all the energy that, because we're going to get into it. Last week, we had some, some, a really good discussion, but I was outnumbered, uh, kids to parents. And, <laughs> and I don't want my, only my opinion to be the one um, that people hear. So thank you, ladies, for joining us. Um, but before we get started on the discussion, you guys have been asking us and you've been, um, requesting that you get more black history during your school days and your school time. So we decided to give people the history of Memorial Day. So Jada, if you could go ahead and play that video, we'll come back and I wanna know had y'all heard it before. Guess what? The Memorial Day celebrated today has pretty much erased the contributions of African-Americans. But why are we surprised? First known as Decoration Day, Memorial Day became a national holiday in 1971. But Memorial Day's traditions actually date back to the days of the Civil War. John Logan, a Union Army general, typically gets credit for founding the holiday. Here's how it really went down. The year was 1865. The Civil War was raging and Charleston, South Carolina was a hot mess. White people were like, we out. But thousands of black people, many former slaves, remained. At the time, many Union soldiers were being held prisoner in a converted race course. At least 257 of the captives died because of the horrific conditions, and their bodies were discarded in a mass grave. Ultimately, the Union won, and a few weeks after, the Confederacy surrendered, and they packed up 
and left Charleston. A group of black workmen dug up the bodies, then reburied them to properly honor the fallen. They built a fence around this makeshift cemetery with a sign over the entrance saying, Martyrs of the Race Course. I spoke with Professor David Blight, an American historian and scholar who's credited with bringing this story to light. They held a huge parade, and it was about 10,000 people led by black children carrying armloads of all kinds of flowers. They paraded around the racetrack, and then they gathered as many as could fit into the cemetery compound. About three or four black preachers read from scripture, a children's choir sang, and they sang America the Beautiful, if you can believe it. But still, hardly anyone knows about it. On May 1st, 1865, is in effect the first original performance of Memorial Day, but it was created by African Americans. Why have black people been omitted from a critical part of this holiday's history? I've got an idea. Racism. The white South was able to control first its own narrative and then a good deal of the national narrative. Despite efforts to forget the contributions of African Americans, we remember. And just as we remember all of our fallen soldiers, we must also not forget the black workmen whose noble actions became the catalyst for the holiday that we recognize today. What's up? I'm PJ with The Root. We want to bring you more series and videos like this. And we need your help. Let us know what you thought below and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. So my question is, did you all know the history of Memorial Day? Don't be shy. Um, yeah, I I just actually I read it like 30 minutes before we started this podcast. I just like I was looking up Memorial Day and I saw that it was black. I was like, what? And I never really took a deep dive into it. But yeah, 30 minutes before the podcast, I knew. That's about it. Wow. 30 minutes, 30 whole minutes. And it's, what did it say? 1865? <laughs> 30 whole minutes. Okay, Melissa, what about you? Did you know? Um, No, I didn't. But I'm not surprised that they're taking one more thing from us. You know, they're always trying to erase our stuff, erase our history, and then try and take credit for it. Um, if they didn't take credit for it, the world and society would know just how amazing we are and would know all of our accomplishments and the world would literally be a Wakanda because of all of the things that we've done and we know they don't want that. Come on, Wakanda. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anaya, what about you? Did you know? No, I did not. And so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about contributions being omitted from history books. These are things that we should know. We shouldn't just think that um, when folks say Memorial Day, they only talk about one side of things. Um, and matter of fact, now that I think about it, they always confuse Memorial and Veterans Day because we always talk about thank you for your service. Uh, on Anyway, um, that's just a whole nother thing. But um, I, I was surprised to know it too. I did not know that as well. Um, I remember hearing about it a couple of years ago um, but it was something that I was surprised to hear about because we never, we never, I don't know. Miss Kathy, what about you? What'd you think? Uh, you know what? I did not know the history, but I thought it was really interesting that it's the same year as the emancipation, well, a few years later than the Emancipation Proclamation. So I was like, okay, May 1865, June 10th, 1865. But the thing is, I thought about now that we know what why memorial day is we now have a responsibility and a shared story to go and right. tell what happened there you go miss tawana how about you did you know i heard about this before but um, this was like a few years back and i think mm -hmm. that honestly moving forward i just completely forgot because it's not something that's focused on so it completely slipped my mind until I saw and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I, now I remember it, but it's not something that was in the forefront of my mind because like you were saying, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, they kind of get kind of like jumbled all together. So I think it just got lost in the sauce. But now I remember. <laughs> lost in the sauce. <laughs> That's and and, and Miss Harding didn't know either. So I, mean, I think we're all in the same boat. The same uh, boat. A lot has been, a lot has been omitted, omitted and yet it's been made to be something else. And so do we... Like uh, uh, Auntie Maxie said, do we reclaim our holidays at this point or, or what are we going to do? Just go ahead and ponder on that. So while we switch gears and we 
kind of go back into um, what the conversation is. So this is uh, Parents Just Don't Understand Part 2. Uh, last week, we had an interesting discussion. Um, and so, Melissa, why don't you tell us a couple of things that stood out from last week's conversation? I saw that there was a lot of conflicting opinions um, and a lot of lack of respect for adults. So what I was getting from, like, kind of what some of the comments, that video that we watched in the beginning, and then just some of the opinions that us as the, the girls in the that we had, um, just feel like there's kind of a loss for respect, a lack of respect for adults. And, you know, I feel like there's there's not a lot of communication between adults and parents, I mean, adults and children, and there needs mm-hmm. to be more of that to kind of mend that, that bond or wherever it's broken, where that lack of communication, we need more of that. Okay. Miss Anaya, tell me something that stood out about last week. What stood out is how everybody had a different perspective because I'd say that I'm really close with my mom. So I don't, I didn't really have anything negative to say about how she parents me. But then I noticed the other girls, what some of the other girls were saying. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't agree with that. And then I had to stop myself. Well, that's not my story. I can't Mm. agree with something I haven't experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's fair. Um, I, I just wanted to put one caveat. So when we first started this podcast, I told you all that I would not tone police you. Um, however, I will not co-sign disrespect, period. Um, I don't care who it's coming from. I don't expect you to do it to your teachers or your administrators. And I most definitely will not accept it you to your parents. And so I think I would agree with you, Melissa. There seems to be um, a lack of respect, um, a lack of, or it, it was, it seemed like there was a lot of entitlement. Um, if you yell at me, you can't get mad that I yell back, but you don't pay my bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there was this, this thing where it felt like um, some of uh, the young ladies uh, were putting themselves on the same level as their parents. And we need to talk about that um, because we cannot uh, assume that everybody has the same type of relationships. However, how we carry ourselves and what we want people to remember about us is how we treated other people, right? And so, I, I mean, I'll just open up the floor. Do you think that adults should automatically be given respect? Trin? So adults, like, flat out, not really, but my mom, yes, because she's my mom. My parents, yes. The people in my life, Miss Lorene, yes. But a random person walking on the street, like, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess yes, because I, I, I was I was raised, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> like, I was raised, like, to um, always be respectful to every adult that, ever like if you walk in the room I speak because I'm the kid if like if you give me something or you know you ask me a question I answer it I never have an attitude none of that I was always raised that way and I always stick to that no matter if someone disrespects me or not but I do understand the perspective of like like I don't know like just I get like the respect thing is really hard because I feel like sometimes like as a kid, like somebody could look at you or talk to you a certain way and you feel some type of way about it. And so you you disrespect them. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I, I personally think like, yes, because they're an adult. They've been through stuff. They know life like, you know, so I and that's how I was raised. I've always been raised that way. And I still like believe that way. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say, Mel- yeah, not no. so melissa should adults automatically be given respect i think to a certain extent yeah like like trinity was saying like my parents i'm of course going to respect them the elders in my family who i know have the best intention for me yes but i mean if it's some random person random adult that's trying to tell me what to do maybe not but i feel like the people who you know are trying to do who are looking out for you yes because you know they've been through things they they know what they're talking about for the most part so i think to a certain extent yes miss anaya should they be automatic automatically be given respect so i agree with what everybody said um so yes i do think that everybody should be automatically respected however if i feel disrespected i'm still i'm not going to um 
try to attack somebody else or be like, oh, you're disrespecting me. I'm going to treat you like this. But I'm going to want to respect them less because, um, like, for example, my mom, I'm always going to respect her, you know. But like Melissa was saying, if it's a random person and they come at me wrong and I don't know them at all, it's like, well, now I don't want to respect you. I don't I don't like you because of how you came mm. at me. But I do mm. think that you should give people respect until something happens. You shouldn't automatically just not. You sh- you sh- I feel like people shouldn't have the mindset. I'm not going to respect you unless you show me that I can. I'm going to respect you unless you show me that I can't. Gotcha. And and Miss Hardy, we're going to get to that inverted question in a second. Um, but I just wanted to know from the children, do they think that adults automatically get respect? Uh, Miss Kathy, I see you want to weigh in. Yes. So I just, I, I, I really think that respect, depending on who you are, what your experiences are, where you've come from, really looks different to each person. And it's interesting because I was thinking, you know, would I automatically give not only adults respect, but will I automatically give children respect? Mm-hmm. And I think to a certain degree, I have a way that I treat people when I first meet them. Yep. However, depending on what you show me, who you are, mm-hmm. uh, what your beliefs are, what you're about, I may not disrespect you, but I sure don't want to be around you. Gotcha. Miss Tawana, because my answer is no. And I'm I'm different from the kids, right? Um, I don't believe that adults automatically get a certain level of respect. Should When I meet you, I may be cordial, but respect is earned um, in some situations. Um, and I don't believe in blanket respect because that tells me or that gives you the information that you can automatically treat me the way you want to be treated, um, but then turn around and look at me like something's wrong with me or disrespect me. Um, So I would say, no, they are not automatically given respect. As a matter of fact, I would treat children with more respect than I do some adults. And if I can just be honest, Uh, Miss Tawana is shaking her head. Sis, are we going to church? Is that's what it is? Look, (laughs) I feel the the exact same way. Um, Because if we're not matching energies, then something is off balance. So I'm not going to pour all of this respect into someone who is not going to be reciprocating that from me. Now, I'm not going to walk into a room and, you know, be nasty and rude and disrespectful because that's just not me. I'm going to, you know, come in and, you know, I'm going to be good with everybody. But if you're funky and and you're, you know, just trying to act like, you know, just because you're here you're supposed to be respected and honored and things of that nature. That's not the way that it's going to go. Now I may not disrespect you, but um, I'm going to stay away from you because that's probably the best for us all. There and, you go. You know, because if you do come at me crazy, then, you know, it could potentially be a problem. And so, and, but I'm that way um, with everybody. And for me, Age doesn't matter. I've respected my children and all the children that I come in contact with. I treat them like human beings because I think that when we start treating kids like little kids to a certain degree, then, you know, when do they grow up? Do you start respecting them when they turn 18? Well, it's a little bit too late then. So, you know, with rules and guidelines and really working at having a relationship with your children, with any children that you come in contact with, you can have mutual respect. I don't agree with the old, you know, adage of, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. You got to stay in a child's place because where is that place? That kind of stuff doesn't set well with me, but um, it's actually, it's, it's absolutely um, a mutually beneficial relationship that you should have with the people that you come in contact with and don't stay one second too long if it doesn't feel right. I agree. And so, okay, go ahead, Trin. Go yeah, ahead. I, said, I, I agree. I think that respect is something that's earned no matter who, like it's coming from, if it's from student to student, student to parent, teacher to te- uh, teacher teacher whoever it is like it's it's always an earned thing and like miss taiwana said i like i will never walk into a room and be like a, a dark cloud like i will always being like positive light i'll always 
hold myself to the highest standards possible. And I'll always be respectful to no matter who's in there. But when you disrespect me or you, you know, you come at me a certain way, then that's something that's a different situation. And um, I, I definitely will still hold myself to those high standards, but I won't I won't interact with you because like it's just not, you know, it's not there. You disrespected me at this point, right? So mm -hmm. I do think that respect is something that's earned. I will always be respectful to whoever I meet. Period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So do you think that there's a difference between um, the respect one should have for, say, their parents and the respect that one has for other people? It, should there be a difference in the way you interact with your parents and just some regular adult on the street? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because okay. my, my mom takes care of me and she loves me and she helps me through everything. My dad, same thing. My grandparents, same thing, this random stranger, I don't know what they do, who they are, you know, what they do in their life, if they've harmed a kid before. So it's not, yeah. Anaya, is it, should there be a difference? Yes, there should. Like Trinity was saying, my parents have done more for me than a random stranger on the street. So okay. obviously I'm gonna respect my parents more than somebody who I like just met, some random person. Melissa? Is there a difference in the respect? Because again, people define that word differently. There is this assumed respect that say teachers assume students will have for them. But then there's a way based on what was being said last week, there is a certain amount of respect that me as an adult advocate would assume that our students have for their parents. So should there be a difference in the way we treat teachers versus parents or teachers and parents? I think there is a difference. Um, you know how everyone was saying respect is earned. So, and your parents are are caring for you and are giving, are, are loving you and are giving you what you need to survive. So someone, a stranger who I don't know, who has given me nothing, I can't benefit from anything that they're saying right now. And I'm supposed to respect them, like for what reason, you know? So I do think that there is a, um, a difference in respect for different people. And we just want to give a shout out to Pops, who's in who's in the comment section. Pops was here last week. We just want to give a shout out to him. Uh, respect versus manners. And Robert, we was waiting for you to log on so we could have this conversation with you too. Um, <laughs> we waiting for y'all, so come on. Um, yeah, respect versus manners. I mean, I, I think that um, in my mind um, and culturally, respect is manners. It's, it's not even a versus thing. It's, you, you know, how... Trinity was saying, and Melissa and, and Anaya were saying how they were raised with a certain level of, in my mind, they're talking about manners in the way in which they approach people and they talk to people and um, the different efforts that you're given. Um, however, what we've seen in terms of going on on the school campuses, there is this assumption that Black children um, are more apt to be disrespectful and that is shown in the discipline numbers um, statewide, nationwide. Um, there is an assumption that Black students are supposed to carry themselves in a certain way. And when they question somebody, that is seen as a sign of disrespect. Um, and so we wanted to get the parents on here because when we talk about parents just don't understand, there are some things that are happening in the schoolhouse in life period that our children want us to pay attention to. And we're going to segue into that. Um, so what type of, what would you tell your parent, um, in terms of how you would want them to better support you or build that relationship with you? I know some of you are um, very close to your parents, both, both parents. Um, but what would you, what do you think? Is there something missing that you would want them to know? You right, Eric. There's always a separate category. You're right. Um, <laughs> is there something you want your parents to know how they could better um, assist you with school or protecting you from other adults who um, may not always see you as the children that you are? And I'll start with Trinity since she unmuted first. I saw that. Okay. So um, I would just say sometimes like I feel like my, my parents um they do like I know they want me to figure stuff out sometimes and like be able to communicate but sometimes I'm like can you just take this off of my shoulders like I cannot bear mm. this any longer so that's one thing that I would say is like like just I know like they're tired because they got to pay the bills they got to take care of like 10 other kids they don't got 10 kids but you know three <laughs> three kids <laughs> in the house and stuff so I get it but at the same time like I, these teachers are crazy 
like you know some of them are really just playing out disrespectful to us and it's hard to deal with because the people in our families aren't like that the adults we encounter like our aunties and uncles that aren't really our aunties and uncles are never like that really with us so like like you know something different for us and I get they want us to figure it out but sometimes I'm like ma like you got to just take this off my shoulders like I can't like I can't Mm. do it no more you know just like you know try to help me talk to them or whatever and they do step in but sometimes I just wish you know it would it would happen more okay I think thank you for bringing that up because that's not something that I think that we always think about right we don't think about it being too much for you Uh, We don't think about how you may be interpreting what it is that you're feeling or seeing. We do. I think the part of growing up is we don't know when, what the balance is sometimes, because, you know, sometimes when you all say stuff, it's like, let me, I'm a big girl, you know, let me figure it out. But then we don't know when it's appropriate for us to step in. So could you kind of give your parents a clue? in terms of uh, assuming that they will see you and figure it out. Because a lot of times uh, we don't know when you want us to step in because y'all y'all are trying to assert your independence. So I, I think that sometimes you have to let us know, you got to tap us sometimes and, and let us know how to best support you. Um, so I'm gonna write that down. Um, Anaya, what would you say? Um, I don't really know. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair, because I think that, um, you know, you're going into your junior year, Trin is coming out of her junior year, and there's been certain um, challenges that I'm I'm aware of that Trin has been having on her campus. Um, and so um, I think that when you start to encounter more things, then, then maybe you would be able to relate a little bit more. Melissa, is there something you would add to the conversation? Um, I'm with Anaya. I really don't know. I'm homeschooled, so I don't really, like, I do interact with, like, some teachers that aren't my parents, um, but it's a little hard because my, my parents are my teachers, so uh, on most days, they are my teachers, and they help me through things, so I don't really know if there's anything that I would ask to change school-related right now, I don't think. Well, just life. Life is okay. Life is okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Trin, you were about to unmute. Yeah, I was going to say another thing I hear a lot of students say, like in the BSU or stuff, they want their parents like present, like Mm. in school events, like at, you know, in the teacher parent conferences and on like, you know, just like participating in the stuff they participate in. And I also believe that if parents were more like, and if parents were more like informed and also like involved students would be more involved and more informed mm. black black students would be more involved and more informed um and i it, it has to be a two-way street for that to happen students have to communicate to their parents what's going on and ask them to be present and then parents have to be willing to take the time out of their busy day to come and be involved so i i do think that's another thing and and i think that we've been kind of trying to figure out how to encourage parental involvement i know here in elk grove they have uh kathy go ahead and unmute tell them what you have going on here in elk grove so i don't get it messed up Um. (laughs) all right so i am an educator um one of my many jobs is i work in elk grove unified school district and what we have started which i love that is not only is sanctioned by our school board as well as our upper cabinet is um, Families of Black Students United. And so what we're trying to do is get our families involved with the education of their children across the board. Mm-hmm. And Trinity, I you are so right. Um, a lot of times uh, we are involved in elementary school as, as parents, And then once our kids hit seventh grade, it's like, oh, let them be independent. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most important time we need to get involved seventh through 12th grade. Right. So we do need more of our black parents to be involved, to be at the school, to, uh, and, and if you can't be at the school, email teachers, call teachers, um, make sure you're reading the newsletter that is being sent to your email. Make sure you're getting the emails from the school. And if you're not, question that. And if you have time, be on the committees that um, that are at the school. It's, it's prime time now because we don't even have to go to the meetings 
we have the meetings on Zoom. And yeah. so it's wonderful. And as a matter of fact, we are having a meeting for Black Families United or, or for our FBSU on the 2nd. We have one on the 7th and we have one on that's the 10th. So that's Wednesday. That's uh, this Wednesday, Wednesday coming Monday, up. Yeah. And then that next Thursday, I think it is. Okay. And what we are doing is we have had meetings since February. We had meetings, a, a large group meeting, February, uh, March, and April of what, what do we as Black families want from our school district? What do we want in terms of people, places, um, the accountability piece, uh, professional learning? And so mm -hmm. now we're moving on with that, going to small groups so that we can also share with our upper cabinet, this is what we want and this is how we want it done. And this is how we want to make sure that not only our, our Black students are supported, but our Black families have the best education um, um, experience that they can mm -hmm. in Grove Unified School District. That's what's up. And so just to add on to that, if you're not part of Elk Grove, do not be weary. Through Black Youth Leadership Project, we have the Black Parent Support Network. So we are also putting something in place where our parents can connect. Every third Wednesday of the month, I hold a community meeting um, so that we can talk about some things together and try to figure out some outcomes that we want to see for our students. Now, however, I'm, I'm happy that they're putting like uh, Families of Black Students United in place. However, what I would say is the district knows what the problems are. They're not stupid. They've been told. <laughs> They've been being told for some time now. So I think that as long as um, programs like that don't restart the clock to where they can plead ignorance and where they can sit on their hands, I think those are good things. But when they <laughs> use that as an excuse to start the clock over, I'm not with that. And I told them that too. Um, because let, let you know. Come on. I'm not what going to say? let that happen. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not either. So we're I'm, not either. Yes, um, yes. We we have to be continuously involved because what they can do is they they like to tire us out. They like to plead ignorance and they like to tire you out. They like to stonewall. They like to uh, what's that word um, that I uh, what's that one word Trinity uh, <laughs> gaslight. They like to gaslight families. They like to act like they have never heard this stuff before while sitting at the top of the state in disproportionate discipline. We're not doing that. Um, what I also heard when we're talking about black families being involved in schools, they show up to these schools and they're not welcomed. They're not welcome and they're not made to feel like they're part of that student body. So I'm just sending you my kids and you want me to go away. Then if I want to come visit the campus, I have to give you advance notice. If I give you advance notice, you're not going to be cutting up like you cut up when I'm not there. So there's a lot of things that are going on where it's like a trick bag. When we want to get involved, they start bringing up things. Like I've seen parents get slapped with um, restraining orders for coming up, it, up there, um, at, trying to advocate for their kids. Now, I don't know if they advocated in a certain way. I can't say. But all I know is I've been in these schools for three plus years, and I've never been slapped with a restraining order. I've shown up with, uh, with attorneys, though. I know I've came up there and, and we've had conversations with the different power players. What I'm saying is there is a right way to do the things that we want to see accomplished. Um, and that's not saying that I want respectability politics. What is what I'm saying is our families need to learn the game and they need to learn the rules of the game so that we can exploit it effectively. So, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, and I agree with Mr. Eric, um, teachers tend to talk to our students as a talk, at our students as opposed to talking to them. And maybe that's just the way that they were taught. But at some point, there should be parents like, yeah, that doesn't work for my student. Talking at my student is not going to get you the response that you want, right? And we have to be at the table in order to have those conversations. I mean, we have to be okay with people walking out and slamming doors. I mean, that's what I've gotten. I've seen stuff fall from, from the ceiling and I'm just like, wow, okay. You mad? <laughs> you could be mad, but what are we going to do? Because the way that you're treating our kids is unacceptable. And what I told one of them is, I don't even talk to my kid like that. What makes you think you can? And so there has to be, we have to be at the table unless, or, or our kids are going to continue to be on the menu. And it's like, what do we want to do? What do we want to see? Um, and so when Trinity, you're talking about things coming off your plate, hopefully um, 
you've already told us about some of those things and we can go ahead and dispense with some of those. If not, what what do you need to happen for for you right now? Um, I think right now I'm chilling. Like I'm big chilling. It's summer break. I'm cool. <laughs> this last like this last semester was really hard, but and that grade fix that we had to go through that was tough as well. But now like school's out and I'm not dealing with these teachers no more. I'm good. But I know when senior year comes around, I'm gonna be stressed out because it's senior year and I'm like getting You're ready not gonna to be stressed college. out. Yes, I am. Those teachers we're not, are crazy. We're, we're not going to let you be stressed <laughs> out. we go rally around you to support you, um, to make sure you have everything you need to be successful because I'm crazy too. Um, <laughs> but I say that um, to say that we understand. So just so you guys who don't know, Trinity had asked and she followed a procedure to get something from her teacher, a grade printout for the class. Instead of giving her the printout for the class, she was met with, if I can see it, so can you. Any further communication will be met, will be between me, you, and an administrator. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, when I met with them, I said, okay, what is the protocol? What was she supposed to do? And they said she did everything correctly. So when our kids do everything correctly, then we have to step in and start to try to be that buffer between them. So they weren't disrespectful. They told you what they needed. They tried to go through the procedure that was laid out for them and you still had an issue. So now we have an issue until this is mitigated. And it makes my job so much easier as an education advocate when our kids are doing what they know to do the right way and we can come in and back them up. So um, that's, that's, that's what I, ha I have to say. We have to impart in our kids you, sometimes you got to be beyond reproach. You're a black kid in America in the education system. And sometimes you are going to be seen as a black child in America <laughs> in this <laughs> education system. And that means something for our children. Go ahead, Kathy. What you saying? You, you, Kathy be talking on mute. You see her? <laughs> I'm always talking on mute. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go back to, um, I'm just thinking about respect. And I looked it up. And so it says, you know, respect, respect means that you accept somebody for who they are, even when they're different from you or you don't agree with them. Mm -hmm. Respect in your relationships builds feelings of trust, safety, and well-being. Respect mm -hmm. doesn't have to come naturally. It is something you learn. The thing I think what happens with a lot of people, some people, I'll say some people that don't look like us, or um, even some people that look like us, and in the education system is that when I'm uncomfortable or when I don't have that experience that you have, I'm coming from what I know. And so, um, and I get defensive. Mm. And so I've seen, you know, teachers just lash out at kids because they asked ask the question. I mean, I, as a black educator, have been lashed out in school districts that I've been in for asking questions. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I ask, I mean, and it's harder for you, you youth to be able to do this, but that's when your parents come in and ask those questions, excuse me, help me understand why, or help me mm -hmm. understand how, or help me understand what, so that me as a parent, I know where that person is coming from. So then I know how to temper my, uh, my next um, statement, my next question. Um, and then I want to also say, Trinity, I'm here for you too, for your parents. If they need um, to contact someone within the school district um, for anything, we want to have our black families represented so they can always come um, and contact me too. I think thank she said you. thank you. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so um as as we're community, I'm sorry. Uh Miss <laughs> what's her name? Miss Harding, if you want to join the conversation, I know you're watching. I believe she's a school board member over in Natomas. So if you want to join the conversation, put your email in the chat and I'll send you an invite and we can get you on here. Um, because I think the perspectives are important. Um, because I believe she said, what, would love, value, and appreciate more youth and students involved in the process and changes. And I think that that's important 
Um, I think that our kids should be um, in that place of uh, helping with changes, but that has to be encouraged. And then they have to be insulated when they start to try to move and people are bucking against them. Um, and so I like to be the buffer in, in some of those conversations. So if you would like to join our conversation, please, please, please go ahead and put your email in uh, the thing and I can get you an invite so you can uh, join the discussion. Um, the other problem that I see in these school districts, parents, uh, there's not a lot of representation for us on these school boards. What'd you say? Look at her talking on mute again. <laughs> I would say, I was just saying, yes. Um, we don't have any black folks on our mm -hmm. school board or our upper cabinet. Um, yeah, we don't. And does that matter? Does it matter? Go ahead, Melissa. I was gonna say, and the representation that we do have isn't real representation. The black people that we do have on the school board are following what the white people are saying and they are not putting the black people, the black students, they're not thinking about us. They're thinking about, oh, how can I make money? They're not thinking about us. Yeah. And you know what, your question, your question you just asked, does it matter? Mm -hmm. Does think, representation matter? Yeah. I think to a certain extent it does um, because our families that are represented need to see that. I also think that it really depends on your mindset. If I have had the experiences that others have had, or I have someone who is able to share the black experience with me or the Asian experience with me, whatever it might be, then that person has a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they're also thinking from that perspective. So yes, I think in terms of the visual, it matters. But but just like Melissa said, it really depends on what that person's mindset is, what their beliefs are, and what they're really there for. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely positively agree with, you know, it has to be um, the person's heart and mind has to be very intentional. And mm -hmm. who they're trying to be or what they're trying to be there to um, move forward for our kids in the right direction should not be something that they waver on mm -hmm. and it should be something that they're courageous enough to stand up for no matter what period. Right. And, you know, all of the, you know, a lot of other, you know, groups, they have some kind of representation and then our kids just get mixed in. But at the end of the day, our children sometimes suffer the most simply because they're black, not people of color. What well, because they're black, they suffer a lot more because that's just the way the system is set up. And it's extremely unfortunate, but it's the truth. And then sometimes when black parents, you know, do step up, then you know they're wanting or desiring at least that person that's there that kind of looks like them to you know like give them the nod in the wink like yeah i got you you know don't worry about it pull them to the side have a conversation look this is our plan moving forward something and then a lot of times there's absolutely nothing so it's a great disappointment and then those parents sometimes just back up or they feel alienated and they're frustrated you know because who is supposed to be there to support them if the person in the room that looks like them does not have their back? Come on now, you now listen. You about to make me pull out a whole collection plate because you just <laughs> you just preached right there, and I just wanted to correct myself. I misspoke when I spoke of Miss Harding. She is not a school board member. She is the director on the board for North Highlands Recreation and Park District but she's definitely active with the Twin Rivers uh, Unified School District as a parent. So uh, forgive my error and my oversight for that. Um, maybe it was just wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, but we'll continue with the discussion because it's absolutely important um, that we just don't have people up there for symbolism, that they're actually trying to um, usher in change um, and change what it looks like is me not being afraid to say kids who look like me, kids, black kids are in need of some directive resources um, because they seem to have a budget for every doggone thing else. But when you start talking about black kids and what they need, everybody gets amnesia and they want to study it just like the reparations. They want to study it. You know what happened. 
You know what's going on. The numbers don't lie. I can read. And they're upset about that. When you continuously call them on their crap, they're upset about that. But the bottom line is your numbers don't lie. The statistics say that you have a horrible time engaging our children, black children. They don't feel safe on your campus. You have not found, found a way to invest in what it is they need you to invest in. They're at the bottom of every category statistically except discipline. And until somebody turns their attention and we start getting real about some stuff, we're not going to be able to change it. And so I'm that voice. I'm the one at the school board sounding the gong, you know, continuously saying the same thing over and over again, because until we start to demand that they stop, sorry, I was about to say something that wasn't supposed to be said, um, but until we start to demand for them <laughs> to actually pour into our kids, because one, I'm a homeowner and they taking my taxes anyway. And so because of that, they're going to serve every, every one of these kids that look like me, everyone, you don't have a choice. So how they do that, that's going to be up to us. So that means getting on school site councils. I know it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot of energy. That means showing up at these school board meetings. That means getting to know the power players in your district. You don't got to like everybody. I'm sure everybody don't like me, but they know me. <laughs> they I do. Like, yeah, come um, on. Yeah, so I was going to say, if like parents, like, I don't know, if, like, whoever is watching the parents that want to be involved in, like, the school board meetings, the, like, the commissions and stuff like that that's going on, like, please be intentional about what you're saying and who you're speaking for, because a lot of the times, and I know in EGSD, a lot of the times people will say POC or by POC or other students or minority students, and what happens is, is they forget and they leave off Black students. They don't so forget. And the other they just intentionally leave us in the back and then start bringing up the AAPI or the new foreign students or stuff like that. You cannot, like Black parents, Black students, you cannot advocate for other people because you don't know their struggle. You have to advocate for yourself and other students because you know that struggle. You go through it every single day. And if you don't, they're, they're just going to keep leaving us off. So you have to be specific in what you're saying, who you're talking to, and intentional and that's why I saw Miss Miss Lisa put like intentional hashtag intentional yes you have to be super intentional like with with what you're saying because they they love to play the by POC game and it's not it's it doesn't get us anywhere so don't try to go in there and say oh well minority students or black and brown yeah don't do, PLC, that. Don't do that BIPOC all yeah. of that disaggregate that data for me will you I right. need you to be and Trinity thank you for saying that because you you I didn't even have to say it this time so that mm -hmm. means I'm doing something right when my kids come through and they like be specific see <laughs> we're doing a good job over here because we can't we can't fix our problems always worrying about somebody else and a lot of times these districts they're worried about somebody else when black students are starving for the resources that they're so freely given to other groups I don't have a problem with them giving stuff to other groups. I have a problem when black students are left out. And we have to talk about that and we have to be open enough to say that. And we have to stop, um, <laughs> we have to stop trying to make everybody comfortable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the truth yeah. hurts. Mm -hmm. The truth is not gonna make you popular. Maybe, well, I mean, you might get known <laughs> for the stuff you say, um, but the truth is not gonna always make you popular but the truth has to be told no matter who you're telling it to. Um, and, and, and we have to be intentional. You're right. You're right. And my team is on point with that. Uh, Miss Lisa, we, we about that intentional life. Um, I do not mm -hmm. think it's a mindset issue. I think it's a heart issue. Mm -hmm. I can't get you to say that black children deserve to be treated as human beings. Why do you need extra training to treat black children as human beings? Like, you're, they're spending millions of dollars on this mindset issue when it's a heart issue. And you can't, you can't correct somebody's heart. Either you have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, there's no reason you're in contact with any child, more specifically my kids, because they're all mine, all of them, every one of them. What you yeah, saying, Kathleen? Who's saying something? Tawana, who's that? Yeah, um, that's even the, the energy right here, right now in this space, is beautiful. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> intentional parenting is very hard. Yeah. 
we can easily dress our kids up, send them out the door and walk away and be on the receiving end of whatever comes with that. A lot of times our children would suffer greatly for having that kind of mindset. So when we talk about, you know, parents just don't understand, it's heartbreaking um, when you're intentionally parenting because you know that you have your children's best interest at heart. And what I don't think, or no, not even that I don't think, what I know that children don't understand is that literally for a lot of parents, because I know for me, from the moment I open my eyes, the moment I close my eyes, it's all about them. Yep. That's it. When I am working, when I am teaching, when I am lesson planning, when I am at school council meetings, when I am in parent meetings, when I am on these Wednesday meetings with you all, it's all about them. And I think it's unfortunate that we can carry them, we can birth them, we can feed them, we can teach them how to walk, we can teach them how to put their clothes on, we can encourage them to run, teach them to ride their bikes, teach them how to walk across the street by holding our hands and then we get to a certain point in time where it's not even that they don't need us anymore. It's like, you know, they grow to this space where they don't value anything that is still cont- parenting is a continuum. We're not going to continue to bottle feed you. We're going to spoon feed you and then teach you how to do that on your own. But this doesn't stop. Yeah. It changes the look of it, the feel of it changes. We eventually go to being a coach, but it never stops. So when we were looking at the video last week and the girl was just, you know, talking crazy and I'm like, and we're getting all these amens. It's like, don't let TikTok get you tripped up. (laughs) Don't like, don't, because how is it that you can praise that and listen to these kids who are either the same age as you are very close to you and they have nothing else to offer you except for the like that you're giving to them And, you know, maybe a a follower request, who cares about that? At the end of the day, the respect that you should have for the people who carry you in their heart, who are only loving you and caring for you because they want the best for you. Every intentional parent wants their child to be able to be on their own someday. We do not want you constantly having to come to us for everything, but there's a a delicate balancing act that has to happen and you have to do your part and we have to do our part and we're going to do our part because we're going to constantly make sure that you have whatever it is that you need, but there also has to be a certain amount of respect that is there. And when we're talking to you and we're trying to engage with you, it's because we care, period. And so don't Hmm. get that confused with thinking that we're trying to control you. That's the last thing that's happening. Sometimes I look at Melissa and I say this to her randomly. I see two-year-old Melissa right there. And it doesn't have to be any specific thing that she's doing. It's like a hologram. And I think Hmm. that, you know, like sometimes I see her as 14-year-old Melissa, but then sometimes I still see her as being the baby. And my mom is the same way with me and I'm 48. And she still sees me as her baby and all of her children as her children. This thing never, ever stops. But we are your biggest cheerleaders. We're your biggest supporters. And everything that we do is for you. And if it doesn't feel right, have a respectful dialogue and, you know, and and try and figure out where the balancing act is off balance at, because we're not at all trying to just say, you know, you're, you're, you're not capable of making decisions on your own. There are some decisions that you may make that are questionable. And if Mm. we're saying something to you, it's because we're trying to course correct and make sure that you do not get lost because as our children, you cannot afford that. You can't afford to be out there on your own thinking that your friends are encouraging you and your friends are showing you and telling you when they don't know nothing. 
They don't, and not because they don't want to know anything, but because they don't know because they haven't lived. God gave us a gave us the vessel of being your parents to get you here for a reason. There's a reason that we didn't just one day just descend onto the earth. We're here because that is the order and we're here because we are supposed to be your support system and you have to utilize us as your allies and not look at your parents as your enemies you have to do that in order for you to be able to move forward in life use the resources that you have and we will support you through anything but you have to do it the right way because you can't come in here thinking you're getting ready to pop off and something good is getting ready to happen. Oh, he's so cute. Hi, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you have to be able to use the resources that you have in your parents and in the adults that were blessed to raise you because we only mean the best for you. Even when we are getting on your nerve and getting in your butt, it's because we see destruction possibly ahead, mm. something that's happening. And we are trying to make sure that that does not happen because we've done it. We've been through it and we do not want you to have to go through everything that we went through because we don't want to see that repeated because some of us have had some of those things be as a detriment and it's taken us a long time to get back on the plus side and we do not want that so just be open to that idea we're not your enemies you know we're your friends yeah. we're your supporters not like your buddy buddy but we're here and you we're open and you can come to us for whatever it is that you need and we're going to be there in any way that we can if you come with us and there's a mutual respect going on thank you yeah. for that trinity I wanted to um, jump on, I think like a lot, like that, tic I see a lot of TikToks talking about like people's parents and stuff. Well, my mom does like, I tell her all the time, like, mom, you're crazy. Like, you're crazy. But like, you know, I'm just saying like, because sometimes she gets on my nerves. I say the same thing to my dad. It's like, because we're kids and, you know, we want to be free, want to spread our wings and all that stuff. And sometimes they, you know, put restrictions on us. My, I feel like my parents are on the stricter side. But I do, I really do appreciate my parents for that because there's some kids that are out in the street doing who knows what. And I, if I was in that position, I would not have anything that I would, you know, I'm, I have now. But what I would say to what you were saying, because I do agree with everything you're saying, it took me a while to learn for like, and I'm talking to like kids and like, you know, teenagers, you have to like think of your parents as people. I, my girlfriend, like she fused with her mom all the time. And I tell her like, your mom is a person. She is a human being. She's figuring it out just as much as you are. And she like, it's not, it's not easy. And even though, like I said, I tell my mom, she's crazy, even though, whatever, hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that on this podcast, but like, you know, um, like, it's just like your parents, like, I always remember that my parents love me. And even though I don't want to do the dishes, like it's helping her out because she has a lot on her plate. And I realized that. And it's like, whatever she needs me to do, I'm going to try to do because I know what she gives to me and all the sacrifices she's made to, for me to, be comfortable and to be in the position that I'm in and to be able to succeed. But what I will say to teenagers and like students and all of us is like, just think of your parents as people and it will become 10 times easier to communicate with them and to like, oh, like be able to like, you know, express your feelings to them. Cause I feel like that's one thing that a lot of teenagers have a problem doing is communicating to their parents about how they feel. But when you think of them as people and people that are trying to like learn you because it's hard to read a teenager because I, I have a hard time reading myself. Like <laughs> you just gotta like, you just gotta be, <laughs> you just gotta be open to like what they yeah. have to say, even though it's not, it, you know, but just, just think of your parents as people and the communication piece is the most important piece. And I feel like that's where a lot of parents and, and teenagers and, and their kids clashes when the communication is not open and when you're not able to respect respect each other and communicate accordingly so yeah yeah well thank you for that and you know we've run out of time for today thank you all for contributing to the conversation Anaya and Melissa I expect to hear more from y'all next episode um because y'all been kind of quiet today um but that's okay because we I think we got some good stuff in there so as we're winding down uh, I just want to make a couple of announcements one uh, if you have not already please feel free to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, if you have any questions, you can email. Uh, what's the email? Uh, podcast at BYLP.org. Um, <laughs> Melissa's like, come on, get it together. Uh, 
Additionally, um, just so everybody knows, we have um, Celebration Weekend coming up June 18th and 19th. It is BYLP's prom event as well as a Black grad. We need your students, we need you there um, to support these beautiful young people as they uh, go into the next phase of their life. Uh, for more information, you can go to our website under the events tab, Celebration Weekend, and get all the information there. Uh, with that, my name is Miss Laureen. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us and for putting, and Mama says she not crazy, Trinity, just so you know. Um, <laughs> thank you for dialoguing with us today. And with that on one, two, three, we're gonna hit you with the wave. We We'll see you next week. Y'all not waving. There y'all. Okay. We will see you next week. Uh, same time, same bad channel right here from our own version of Wakanda Elk Grove. <laughs>